It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church, triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And it's excited as always to spend a Sunday morning with you here on 94.1 on your radio dial. I say this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and what God is doing in its glorious kingdom. This is show number 1089. I do have a few rules. We don't talk sports politics or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another, and this has worked out real well over about 20 years of doing the show, and over these years, I've had people who have returned to the show, and I always appreciate that, and I have uh, Pastor Ralph Wrightstone with me here this morning, and he is a pastor of Bethel United Methodist Church. Brother Ralph, welcome to the show. Oh, good. Good to be with you again. It's been a while. It's been a while, but, uh, you know, and it's amazing how God connects these things because mm-hmm. you had called me about another piece of business yeah. and uh, it's just all connected. And I said, well, yeah, let's get you back on the show because I didn't know if you were still in the community or not yeah. because I hadn't heard from you. I knew that you used to pastor. Uh, Wakina mm-hmm. Methodist, Methodist Church, Church right? and I have a little business right near there, and because uh, everybody there loved you, yeah, <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah they, they mention you. People will mention you from time yeah. to time, and uh, I didn't know whether you'd moved down the state or something like that. And so now you're found out you're yeah. still here in the Tallahassee area, and and, and Bethel is is word now. Where, where's Bethel? It's uh, in Tallahassee, it's within the city limits. Uh, it's out 90 or Tennessee Street, like you're going to go towards Midway all the way out. And uh, there's a road called uh, Barano Road. Okay. You got the John D. dealership, John Deere dealership on the right. And the next road is Bethel Church Road. Okay. It's and, before uh, you get to Getty. And that church has been there a long time, I would 1834. imagine. 1834. 1834. Can you just yeah. imagine what this area would have been like in 1934? Or 18, 1834. 1834, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're talking definitely horse and buggy days. Yes, absolutely. Right. right. In fact, the church started by a pond right close by the church called Bethel Pond. And the reason the church started there, Brush Arbor Church, uh, they would come to church on Sunday morning with uh, horses and buggies, and they needed to make sure there was water close by wow. so the horses could drink. Now, you know, you and I, were fairly close to the same age, so we know what a brush arbor yeah. is. But some folks may not know what a brush arbor is. Well, um, of course, you, you, we don't think much today. If there's a church of a, that's alive, we don't mind to drive. But in them years, mostly two, three miles to a church is, was a long way, horse and buggy sure. on horseback. Sure. So they would take and they would, uh, they call brush arbor, they would make like an altar or get some things, natural trimmings around, and they would have church and fellowship, break bread and all that. And then the church... Bethel started there, then there was one of the farmers that donated some land to build a building, and okay. next thing happened, one thing led to another. But a lot of the early churches started that way. 
just out in the country. Yeah, so the brush arbor would be some poles in the poles ground, some the ground, rails, and then right, they just yeah. throw brush on top of it. Mm-hmm. And it's real good to, to keep the sun off, but didn't do much for the rain. Didn't do much for the rain, no. <laughs> but I know a lot of, well, I've heard of a lot of different churches that start underneath a big oak tree. Yep. And uh, that kind of keeps the shade off, And but when it rains, you're just, <laughs> you're just out there. Yeah. Matter of fact, when I was in Africa, a lot of brush arbor churches that I went to, but it was very difficult for them to have services during their monsoon oh, yeah. seasons like that. Yeah. So that's what we deal with. So kind of get that mental picture in your mind of people coming with their horse and buggies and stuff like that. Now, would this be a circuit preacher? Because, you know, Methodist yeah, church. Yeah, it was circuit, right? Circuit rider. Uh, the um, In them years, uh, a Methodist preacher had maybe three, four, as many as six churches on what they called the circuit. Right. And... You might get a preacher at your church once every four or five weeks, every six weeks, because he would ride around all the different churches. And the lay people are actually, and even still today, the lay people are really the church members that make the church. It's right. The pastor is more like a facilitator, but the church is actually run by lay people in the United Methodist right. Church. So when the pastor or the preacher wasn't there, then somebody else right. in the church would just bring a message and... Yep. So I know the. I grew up in the Christian churches in Kentucky, and we all uh, for years we had a pastor one uh, every other Sunday. Mm-hmm. So one Sunday we'd come to church and we'd have Sunday school, and they'd have an opening, and then we'd have Sunday school, and then we'd have a closing, and that would be it. Mm-hmm. And then the next Sunday the pastor would come, and and uh, he pastored two churches, and then he'd come and then he'd he preach, and then we'd have a Sunday night service on that Sunday. The other Sunday, yeah. <laughs> and I remember back in those days, you remember the wonderful world of Disney. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we we lacked it the Sundays that the pastor wasn't there because we could watch that. <laughs> yeah, on, on Sunday night. I always liked that program. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of great stuff. A lot of things changes in Disney World now, oh, but absolutely. Walt Disney he really was a, yeah. a special special yeah, guy. The 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 series called Swamp Fox. And my brothers and I, we played Swamp Fox all over our farm <laughs> growing up. But the thing is, in, in the Methodist church, in your tradition, you they, they really depend on that lay leadership yes, in the church. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Now, you pastored, uh, as you say, a full time pastor for a long time. Long time, yeah, twenty okay. some odd years, twenty six okay. years, something like that. Time so, flies when you're having fun. So now, where you are, are you considered part time? Yes. Okay. And how does that work? Well, I retired from full-time ministry with the Florida United Methodist Conference at the Wasissa Church in 2011. And Methodist preachers, like most pastors, really don't retire. And we make ourselves available then to the conference to serve small churches, churches that can't afford a pastor or whatever the case may be. And we are... Uh, called then by the district superintendent and sent to different churches. I filled in at uh, First United Methodist Church in Madison when the pastor had to take a medical leave. So I'd go down there and fill in, and I've been called by the uh, South Georgia Conference uh, by the district superintendent to come to Pavo, Georgia, and pastor a two-point charge, Pavo and I own. 
And uh, where else would I go? I don't know. I just would go wherever. But now, the, and, and when you're full time, like they say you you have a one year appointment. Right, you're appointed one year at a time. Okay, so you, you can stay more than one year. Right, but the appointment is redone every year. Right, and that's it's the same thing for you in the situation you're in now. Yeah, I'm, okay. yeah, I'm appointed one but year. You've at been a time. there seven years. Seven years. Mm -hmm. So evidently, the uh, superintendent must be happy with your work, and the church must and be the happy. Church, with right, <laughs> that's very very important. That's, that is very important. So now you. Uh, Went into ministry later in life? Yes. Um, I uh, answered my, well, I was, um, I was a heathen. <laughs> yeah. Not real. I was baptized in the Evangelical United Methodist Church as a kid. So I had good Christian teaching backgrounds. Okay. But as I grew up, I drifted away from it like a lot of folks do. And uh, I had recommitted my life to the Lord and on July the 21st, 1986, in the middle of my swimming pool, I finally surrendered because I'm a recovered alcoholic. I say recovered, not recovering, not taking nothing away from my brothers and sisters that are in recovery because whatever they need to do to stay away from drugging and drinking is good. I am recovered because I've accepted my healing. Okay. And I still struggle with other stuff. You know, I still have my challenges. But as far as alcohol goes, the Lord healed me. I just that. took that away just from you. Took it away from Praise me. Praise the Lord. It's, so, ama it's amazing. It really so, is. So. so during those years that you were you were struggling with this, you weren't involved in the church. church and, and, no. Mm -hmm. and, and now, during those times, did you always feel like the Lord was still there? Yes. You just oh, weren't, yeah, you just weren't just, communicating. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so when this happened in the swimming pool, it was in 1968, you said? 1986. 1986, I yeah. just inverted it. Oh, yeah. I mean, God did something there. Yeah. And so you, had, had you just kind of been pushing God away? Well, yes, I would say that. Yeah, it was, I wouldn't say pushing it away, but I really didn't want much to do with religion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's... Uh, that's even with me today. I don't like religion. Mm -hmm. I have a personal relationship with Christ, and that's what I, I try to that. tell yeah. people. You know, don't religion will get you in trouble because you can make a religion out of anything. Sure, sure. You know, it's that. Can you imagine having a personal relationship with the Creator God? Mm -hmm. It's just mind-boggling when you think yeah, about it. it is, but it is. you know, it's precious too. It's a very precious thing. Yeah. So when this happened. God just changed everything in your life. Yeah, so. what happened is just to give you a thumbnail sketch of my life because it's uh, my old life was a combination of King David and the Apostle Paul. King David was, um, well, he went after Bathsheba, if you remember. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I, I loved women, and I found out that uh, the girls that didn't want nothing to do with me in high school, uh, when I got to be 21 and started going to the bars and do different things, these girls, ooh, yeah. I, well, I was weak in the flesh, so uh, I played. Okay. <laughs> got in trouble, but right, I played. Right, right. You know, the one thing about it, if, you, uh, if you're if you going to do something, you got to be willing to suffer the consequences, mm -hmm. and I suffered the consequences. So how did, and, how did the alcoholism start? I love beer. I never drank beer to get drunk. I just liked the taste of beer, but I drank a, enough of it that I got drunk a lot. Okay. When I grew up in the farm country of Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania, as a kid, and I remember it so vividly, on summers, especially late in August, late July, when they were harvesting corn, the uh, they'd always have a couple of wash tubs at the end of the corn rows filled with beer. 
Really? For the workers, yeah, okay. for the, you know, uh, and they used to let me drink it, and I liked it, and I acquired a taste for it. Uh, I blame it on them. But it's hard for me to imagine <laughs> that that would really quench your thirst. I, I've never drank beer, so yeah. I, don't, I, I really don't know what I'm talking about. But then I know for me, when I'm out in the hot sun, I just want some water. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I like the bubble, I'm okay. the bubbly. Even today, <laughs> um, I like effervescent. So I, when I quit drinking, I got addicted to Diet Pepsi on the fountain drink. So I like okay. to go to Circle K and get it out of the fountain of the right. bubble. <laughs> so now I bubble my water at home. Okay. And I like the bubbles. I guess. Yes. But but as things do, this yeah. got out of hand. Yeah, it, it got it, out of hand. It began to affect your life, right. and uh, and of course there are ramifications of these things. Yep. And uh, and again, not having ever been involved in, it, I've seen the results of it. So this this has altered your life. And yep. now you mentioned that that you didn't want to, you didn't call yourself religious. Somewhere along the line, it sounds like that you began to have an aversion to anybody that was in faith. Yeah, some little bit. I would say so, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. No, I'm yeah. just curious how yeah. that happens because I run across this quite a bit. Yeah. So um, talking to people. people go, oh, no, no, no. Don't, don't talk to me about that. <laughs> and I wonder, how does that happen? And I think a lot of times maybe people got hurt somewhere yeah. or another. Well, I think the, I never got hurt by the church or anything like that. I just drifted away from it. And, right. And I didn't, well... I could think of better things to do on a Sunday morning okay. like going to the bars. <laughs> but that that day, that morning when you were in the swimming pool and God came to you, yep. you went back to church. Yep. My what? wife uh, my wife at that time, she quit drinking about six years before I did. And she got involved in a little Methodist church in, in the Atlantic, Florida. And... Uh, so I got involved in AA. She went to AA, and you know, but I didn't want nothing to do with that either. But little by little, <laughs> I decided well, I'm going to check it out. So I did. I went to AA because I thought I had a problem. Uh, didn't know what it was, but uh, I thought I had a problem. So they give you a white chip when you go to AA for 90 to 30 days. Uh, that makes you think about not taking a drink one day at a time. And uh, but I never made it past thirty days very often. So okay. in and out six months, I had a lot of white chips. And uh, so one day that uh, I finally got serious about it, um, I was at home and my wife went to the Catholic Church for bingo. She liked to go bingo, and uh, I went a different way than I normally do. They tell you don't go the same way when you're recovering from drinking. Really? But I went this day, and sure enough, there was my buddy's truck sitting at the Seagull Bar. And I haven't seen Billy in a long time. Mm -hmm. I, I just heard and stop and go in there and chit-chat with him, and we did. And we sat around and talked, and we used to call it the Liars Club. We'd lie to each other about how wonderful things are going in our life. Uh -huh. And uh, so I had four or five, six uh, Diet Sprites, which I like Diet Sprite. And, but after a while, there's only so many Diet Sprites you can drink. And we kept on talking, so finally I just, ah, heck with it, give me a beer. And I was sober enough for, oh, maybe six months or something. And uh, I had two or three beers. I didn't get drunk, but I, I could tell that I had enough to drink. And I went home. My wife wasn't home yet, so she never knew I fell off the wagon. And when I got up the next morning, I knew that I had a hangover. Not yeah. bad, but I... So I would like to swim every morning. We had a swimming pool, and it was right off of the bedroom, open the sliding glass doors, and I would go skinny dipping. Uh, that was a routine in my life. And uh, this time when I was 
in my now I had enough head knowledge to know a little bit about the Lord. You know, going to church with her once in a while, not very often, but I. I knew there was something there. In fact, there was an old Coast Guard station there in Indian Harbor Beach called the Lighthouse. And it was they were open 23 and one-half hours a day. By Florida law, they had to close for half an hour to sweep the floor. <laughs> the church that I was going to with her was just down the road. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to church with her, and I'd go to the Lighthouse. And my buddies used to say, why do you go to church and then come here? I said, I don't know, something about that hour. I'm getting something out of it. I can't tell you what it is, but I'm getting something out of it. Now I know, looking back, the Holy Spirit was dealing with me. And it was so. So anyhow, uh, in the swimming pool, when I was in the pool, there was just sort of something that came over me. I call it the Spirit of God, because when I came up out of that water, it was like, a baptism. I felt a, such a cleansing. Wow. Now, I had enough head knowledge to know that there was something going on. And I said, Lord, if you're everything that they say that you are, then I want you to come into my life and be Lord over it. Deliver me of this drinking. But I said, one day at a time, I can't handle. If we can do it one second at a time, I think I can do it. Whether it's audible or not, but the Lord quickened in my spirit. I'm willing if you are. Wow. And we've been walking Praise that walk ever since. Wow. And how long has that been there? 1986, July the 21st, 6 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And it was also my spiritual birthday. I always tell people it's important to know your spiritual birthday, too. It's belly button birthdays are good, but know your spiritual birthday. It's a, so after that, it's a special time. You started going to church with your wife. Yep. And uh, started growing now, in grace. Now, now, was this, a, by that time, was it a United, United Methodist? United Methodist Church. So mm-hmm. it, they'd already done the merger by that time. Yep. That you talked about. Yep. Okay. So now, so now you're going to church. Yep. And and is got involved. Just kind of uh, fell in, and yeah, you know, yeah. They always said if you want to make the pastor faint, tell him, "Hey, I'm here to help you. What can I do?" <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> pastors like to hear that. Yeah, huh? that's pretty much what I did, and uh, I served on most all the committees and became the lay leader. Okay, and. Uh, and, and a lay leader is well yeah it's um you can bring the message in church you can go and minister outside the church like we uh, formed a group and we went to the brevard county jail on sunday morning well it was actually late in sunday but and uh, we took him communion and we had a praise and worship team that went with us and you know as a lay person that's what i did I spoke at aa meetings and you know just wanted wow. to share uh, my experience, strength, and hope. I right. love telling people what I was like and what I'm like now and what happened in right. between. This is a person who who you could drag into church. Right. <laughs> and, and now you're going to church yeah, all the time. All the time. Totally different totally change. Totally uh, And loving it. Working your heart. Yep. Now, how long was it from there till you felt a call to become a, a minister? Well, um, there was a radio station in Melbourne. It's called WCIF, where Christ is first, 106.3 on the FM dial. Uh, Lee Martinez knew that I was an active lay member in the community, and he called me to see if I would volunteer at the radio station, you know, to do some things and work on a Saturday afternoon primarily running the 
uh, the radio station, and I agreed to it. Went over, got some training, and I loved it. God fulfilled a lifelong dream of mine. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a disc jockey. Okay. I built a little transmitter. <laughs> and I a little, little old-time rock and roll. <laughs> and things happened in my life, and I never got to fulfill that uh-huh. dream. So here God was opening the doors for me to experience a lifelong dream and, wow. see was, and serve him at the same time. And little by little, uh, I was feeling this call to go into the in the ministry. We in the United Methodist Church have what do we call a candidacy program. So I entered into the candidacy program and doing some of the preliminary stuff. And this is interesting. I never had a high school education. My dad died of Lou Gehrig's disease when I was just a young man, a sophomore in high school. And dad asked me right before he died if I'd quit school to run the family business. He was a truck farmer. Okay. We hauled horse manure and sold it to the mushroom growers. Okay. And that was our business. We wow. would trade hay and Creative. straw. And, yeah. 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 So I said, not a problem. And I never had a problem making a living. So I didn't ever need a high school education. But when I decided to answer my call in the ministry, I realized I'm going to need a high school education. So I went to the uh, local community college and did my GED and my worst subject in school was English. My best subject was math. When I did my GED, the best grade I got was English, and the worst grade I got was math. <laughs> but I got the GED, which qualified me to continue on with candidacy. Okay. And, now, did you uh, go for other training yeah, in the ministry? At, uh, they send it, sent me down to Florida Southern College in Lakeland okay. for what they call uh, Oh, I don't remember the name of it. It was uh, it was a two week crash course okay. on on preaching and learning how to be a pastor and that stuff. And then I ended up going to Emory University in Atlanta at Candler School of Theology. Really? They, uh, in our de- well, they in our denomination they let you serve and go to school at the same time. Okay. So it took me nine years. Oh, really? Going up there every summer, maybe sometimes in the January or the okay. J courses. Okay. But, but it, it, it helped you to develop yeah. as, a, as a minister. Yeah. And, and, um, and I think it's good to get that type of training. Yeah, yeah. it is. So. You, I mean, you don't need that training to be a good pastor or a good preacher, yeah. but it, it it makes you understand basic, uh, you know, well, running a church is like running a business. I mean, it's God's business, but yeah. you need to know those skills. Absolutely. And skills of uh, working with people yeah. and communicating. And commu- yeah. Yeah. yeah, all those sort of things. So, so somewhere along the line, you felt, well, I'm, I'm ready now to go pastor church. Right. Now, how did that happen? Well, problem arose. My wife uh, had cancer, lung cancer, which was in remission. As cancer does, it raised its ugly head again, and uh, she got cancer real bad, and she passed away. Okay. And uh, there I was in the early stage of the candidacy, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know if I was going to continue on with it or not. So at, the, uh, at that stage, you had not pastored yet? Not pastored okay. yet. Just active. In, uh, still active in the okay. church okay. as far as layman goes. And uh, so there's a, the lady that I mentioned that we'd go to Brevard County Jail and minister. We would take communion, and she would do the praise and worship and and all that. She had five children, and she liked to cut hair. That was her hobby. So after Bonnie died, I was either at her house for a Bible study or get my hair cut, and I don't remember which, but she said, Brother Ralph, she said, the Lord told me to tell you, don't look for the woman that he has for you for the rest of your life. She will be in the church where he's going to put you. Okay. I said, sure. Okay. If that's the case, then she got to be pretty like you because she was a beautiful young lady. She got to be able to cut hair, and she got to be able to sing. 
I didn't think any more about it. Well, just put uh, God on a spot, right? Yeah. So, as, as things have it, as the way it worked. And when I first got sober, I lost my job. You know, I had a, you know, things changed. So, uh, I went to work one day, and my boss gave me some grief about something. So I just quit. I got home, and there was a message on the answering machine from the district superintendent asking me if I'd be interested in taking an appointment. Okay. And I said, yeah, I probably would. So I went and talked to him. He said, now, I don't know anything about this place. I can't even find it on the map. It's Wasissa, Florida. <laughs> but but I, we know where it's at. Yeah, we know where but it is. But now the congregation may not know right. where it's at. So, it's, it's down in Jefferson County. Yeah, so I, I took the appointment, and um, Richard Jones you know, mm-hmm. he since went home to be with the Lord. I met him at annual conference. Okay. And uh, when he was there, and so he came back from annual conference, and he told the lady at the Wasissa Church, I met your new pastor, and I think you're going to like him. And she said, that's good, because we didn't like the last one. <laughs> and he said, no, 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 you're really going to like him. I'm going to be doing a wedding ceremony in about six months. She said, with who? You, not this chick, she said. And that brother Jones said that. Yeah. <laughs> And Uh so, uh, unbeknown to me, Richard told her that, and unbeknown to anybody else, this girl at my home church told me that the woman going to be where he was going to put me in a church, and sure enough, I ended up in the church, and I saw this young lady for the first time. She had a beautiful dress, very similar to a dress that my wife used to wear. Uh, and uh, she came in the office and, hi, I'm Judy. I'm sorry we weren't home when you and Bill came around to visit, but looking forward to get to know you and all that. So when she left the office, I said to Bill Brisbane, who was the current pastor that I was following, I said, is she married? <laughs> no. Well, we went out on the platform. I was going to do the children's message, and when the choir got up to sing, I heard this voice, this soprano voice. And, uh. Uh, well, my eyes focused on her. And um, I knew she was pretty. I knew she could sing. So she called me and said, the biggest thing in Jefferson County is a watermelon festival, and I'd like to take and show you around, which we did. We uh, seemed like we knew each other all our life. She was 17 when she was married. I was 17 when I was married. She had two daughters and a boy. I had two daughters and a boy. And we just sort of hit it off. So, And, and she asked you for the first date. Yeah, later on. <laughs> so, but on the way back, I said, there's a gospel scene tonight in Lamont, and I don't know nothing about gospel scenes. Would you go with me? And she said, yeah. And I said, oh, by the way, Bill Brisbane said, there's somebody in the church that cuts hair. Do you know who it is? She said, yeah, it's me. I knew she was pretty. I heard that soprano <laughs> voice. And when she said that cuts hair, and I thought, oh, wow, this would be worthwhile investigating. So... The following week then was July 4th, and she invited me to go to St. George Island with her and her family for July 4th picnic. They were moving right along. And, there, and, and, and so after we ate and everything, we were walking along the beach, and I just chit-chatting with her, and I asked her if she was seeing anybody regular or going study. I'm dating myself, right. going study. And she said, no, not really. I said, well, Elvis sang a song that I dearly love. Won't you wear my ring right. around uh-huh. your neck to tell the world you're mine by heck. Yeah, I remember that song. <laughs> so I said, well, you want to try to have a you know, date and relationship or go and study or whatever you want to call it? She said, yeah, that'd be, 
I'd like that, I think. <laughs> so we were leaving. She rode with me. We were going to the sob shopping to see the fireworks, you know, going up over that old bridge there in St. George Island. I said to her, if God had got his hand on this relationship, which I'm sure that he does, we might as well elope. <laughs> she said, you are crazy. Uh-huh. Well, make a long story semi-short, Richard Jones said he was going to marry us in six months. He did almost to the day. Wow. We were married on Epiphany, January the 6th, 1996. Wow. And, and, and uh, still married. It's still married. <laughs> it's, it's, um, uh, I think it's going to work out for you. I think it will. Uh, that's yeah. good. Uh, the thing about it is that you just see the hand of God in all of this. Yeah. And, you, and you see the calling where he has you. And, of course, he brought your wife to you. And uh, I've, I've got a young lady that I've been praying for every day. Because we talked to one time about that she, she, she's at an age. And she's... Uh, Normally, young women about her age is already married. And I said, I tell you, I'm just going to pray for you. And, and God will bring that young man into your life when he's ready. Mm-hmm. That's what he did for yeah, you. Yeah. So, so, amen. So, yeah. you were at Wasissa. Wasissa United Methodist Church, my first appointment. I was there for three years. It wow. was a two-point charge with Lamont. And... Uh, then we in the United Methodist Church are what we call itinerant. So we are sent, not called. And uh, the DS called and said, we need you to go to Carabelle. So we went to Carabelle okay. down there for three, four years. And all of these uh, things were are places we're talking about here. You and I are very familiar with it. But people who are listening on the Internet, they go, where are these places? Well, yep. basically, their communities uh, surrounds Tallahassee. Tallahassee, and, uh, right. The, the Lamont was, was in, Lamont is in, uh, Mad- actually, Taylor County or Madison. Uh, no, it's actually in Jefferson County. It's, in Jefferson it's County. right before the Madison County okay. line. Yeah. I know there's a kind of a corner where the yeah, county's Yeah, the Osceola uh, River, right before the Osceola yeah. uh, River. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, Wasissa is in Jefferson County. Yeah. Uh, you said Carabelle, that's Carabelle down on the coast, we'll the Forgotten Coast, yeah. in uh, Franklin yeah. County. Oh, Franklin County. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. A, and how long were you there? I was there three years. Okay. And so so yeah. you, you did a, a whole time. As quote vocational as a bi- yeah. full time full time pastor uh, yeah. pastor with United mm-hmm. Methodist Church. Now, what made you decide to retire? Uh, well, we left Carabelle, then I got appointed to uh, Gray Memorial here in Tallahassee, and I was there five years. And okay. uh, Wasissa, Wasissa, Wakina was without a pastor, so they asked me to go over there. So I went over there and built the church up from a part time appointment to a full time appointment. And after five years of doing that, uh, my wife was working for the nephrology doctors here in town, and she was ready to retire. We bought a motorhome. We were going to be full-time RVers. <laughs> so, and we bought some property north of the dog track in, in uh, Jefferson County, and we were going to do that. And as uh, my wife always said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So that was our plan. She retired. I retired. We got this motorhome. We were going to travel. Okay. Well, uh, our daughter had a baby uh, born with cystic fibrosis, uh, and she was in intensive care in uh, Gainesville down at University of Florida Hospital uh, first part of her life because she has the intestine part of cystic fibrosis there's a lot of different cystic fibrosis genes and she her her intestines were blocked 
so they yeah. had to do emergency. They life flighted her from Tallahassee down there and did emergency sur- surgery on her, and she's just a miracle baby. But my wife said, well, uh, I know we were going to travel, but I think I'd like to stay close to her for at least the four or five years of her life. And so we didn't. We did some trips on the motorhome, but... We didn't. We didn't do what we wanted right, to you, do. You, had, you felt like you had responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, so. and it was okay. I yeah. love it. And that little girl now is uh, almost twelve years old, and just, the Lord. just amazing. Praise the Lord. So and she get, knows that you talk about faith. She knows because when you, uh, you, she knew that she was in intensive care for a long time, and she knows in her spirit that God touched her because when she comes to church. During praise and worship, she just gets prostrate in front of the altar all wow. by herself. Wow. Now, does she come to your church? Yeah. Wow. Because you're driving all the way from Monticello, Monticello every day over to Bethel. That's 30, a- 39 miles. Yes. It takes me 50 minutes. Okay. Um, I listen to um, uh, Sirius Radio on Sunday morning, listen to yeah. all the gospel songs. I probably ought to listen to you. But, well, you on know, Sunday morning, you'd be listening to the talk show at yeah, 8 o'clock. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. And then... Uh, Maybe I'll give you some CDs of yeah, the Saturday Night Gospel yeah. Sing, and you can, you can listen, you listen to some of those. Uh, yeah. but, but now, do you go over there during the week? Sometimes, if, okay. if I need to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and uh, I get to do this every Sunday morning, and, and I just love it so much. And I appreciate Brother Ralph Wrightstone for being my guest today, but... Uh, Right now, we're going to play you a little gospel music. This is the Booth Brothers. It's called Get a Little Dirt on My... I love the concept of that. That's the Booth Brothers. And they're just talking about, hey, sometimes ministry's dirty. But uh, that's all right. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King, and I am just happy to spend a little time with you this morning. And uh, Brother Ralph Wrightstone is my guest today. I'm also the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry. We're at 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We start 11.05 is our start time on Sunday morning. We love visitors and love to have you come bring your family and worship with us. Also, you can find this show on the podcast. If you just type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee, it'll come up. There'll be a whole bunch of podcasts for you to listen to there. You can listen to this show. It's 1089. Or you can listen to one of the daily broadcasts, which also there, which is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. No, Gospel on the Radio broadcast. It airs at 11 o'clock Monday through Friday here on 94.1. And then on Saturday nights at 7 o'clock, we crank up the Southern Gospel music and have a great time. The Saturday night gospel sing. If you like gospel music, that's a place to be. Because I say, you know, Pastor King loves the music, and I love sharing it with you. So 7 o'clock Saturday night, 11 o'clock for the daily broadcast. And, of course, here on the talk show Sunday morning at 8 o'clock here on 94.1 on your radio dial. Brother Ralph Wrightstone is a pastor of Bethel United Methodist Church. She retired from pastoring with the United Methodist Church, and then he went back to work. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of way it works. But now, Brother Ralph, I've noticed I live out in the, that area. You talk about Wakina, Wasissa. Well, I don't live too far from there. And I'm going up uh, Tram Road 
And I've noticed that the the Wasissa Church has changed the name of the church. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer called United, uh, Wasissa United Methodist. It's Wasissa Christian, Christian Church. Church. Yeah. And you told me before we started the show that uh, Wakina <coughs> is looking to do basically the same yeah, thing. We have quite a few United Methodist churches in what we call the Florida Conference that's going okay. to do that. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's that all about? What's going on? Well, there's um, a little bit of dispute where they, uh, some of the leaders in our denomination aren't following scriptural authority and even some of the doctrines within the United Methodist Church. And uh, they've got a little liberal, and there's a lot of conservative people, evangelical type of people within the United Methodist Church, and they want to exercise their option to what we call disaffiliate. Okay. And what is that process? They just get out of the um, United Methodist Church Conference. There's a procedure they, they, they apply, and then they go to annual conference and they have there are certain requirements they got to do and you know so they, what is what about the issue of property well that's one of the reasons that a lot of people want to get out that trust clause then becomes null and void and they keep their property okay trust clause. what does yeah. that mean years ago john wesley wanted to make sure there was preaching houses in every city so when the preaching houses were set up he had a trust clause put in there with and for the trustees so that the congregation couldn't run off with the property or sell the property. They run the property, they pay for everything, they do everything, but they can't sell the property. It becomes a trust. If the church closes, then all the money in the property goes back to the conference. Okay, but now... It's, it's like the other side of the coin right. because the congregation wants to be able to continue to worship in that building and a lot of times and I'm not talking about just United Methodist I'm talking about any organization they say no that property belongs to us and this is a this is something that's not just happening in the United Methodist Church it's happening in a, in lot, a lot of churches yeah. I know I grew up in the uh, uh, Christian church in Kentucky, which is real. There's a lot of Christian churches, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, and there. And I remember back in the '60s, um, the let's see, Disciples of Christ. Mm-hmm. They said, "Well, all the Christian churches were theirs." And I just remember, I was just a child then. Uh, our church voted to say, no, no, we're not. <laughs> and uh, we became independent. So now you have a lot of the, quote, independent Christian churches. Right. And I know the Episcopal have been through this. Presbyterians have been through this. And so now, uh, of course, it seems to me like that in the United Methodist Church, there was a little problem a few years back. Was there not? A, was it? Well, it's been going on for, for a long time, ever since yeah. the merger with the Evangelical United Brethren Church. Um, the merger really didn't go that well, and some of the things that was promised to the evangelicals, they didn't get. Sort of like a family feud. Uh-huh. <laughs> for, yeah. And it's still going the Mergers on. are tough. Yeah, mergers yeah, are uh, tough. Sometimes I've, I've people will tell me, oh, yeah, yeah, our two churches are merging. And I said, well, that's, that's good, but, <laughs> and I've seen enough mm-hmm. to know that it doesn't always go smooth. No, it don't. Especially... If the doctrines don't line up. In other words, it would be very difficult to take a, a non-Pentecostal church and merge it with a Pentecostal church. If, if, if both of them are very, very strong in their opinions. Uh, it's, it, it, but I've seen 
uh, congregations try it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it usually doesn't go very well, no. does it? So. And, um, and that's what's really happened with uh, leadership within our denomination. Uh, we have some 30-odd bishops around the country, 28 of them, decided that they don't want to hear the scriptural authority or follow the church laws and just do their own thing. Uh, one of the bishops says, well, you know, we got to stay with the changing of the times. The times have changed. Well, <laughs> yeah, times have changed. Human nature has never changed. And, uh, you know, you can't just go with, you got to have structure. Sure, you got to stick sure. with scripture. Yeah. And so, yeah, but it, it's it not is. unlike uh, anything else in, anymore in our day and time. It's, uh, well, I don't know. It's there's just so. Uh, so, what will uh, ultimately do you see happening here? I mean, are, is it is it does it seem like that maybe in a lot of the bigger cities, the churches are, are more what we call liberal, right? Yeah, those churches will remain. They will, and there will always be a United Methodist Church, uh, yeah. but it's be smaller, right? It's uh, it's like the Episcopalians not too many years ago split. And a lot of the Episcopalians became Anglican. Uh, we had right, a big right. Anglican yep. church sure, here in Tallahassee sure. yep. that used to be part of St. John's right. downtown. I remember all of that, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, uh, it's funny. I mean, Paul and Silas, think right. about it. Way back, Paul and Silas, they, they had a big, big to-do. Yep. And, and uh, you know, we don't hear much about Silas after this. Uh, no, yeah, it was Paul and Barnabas. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. getting my doctor wrong. Paul and Barnabas had the big do, and then right. Paul went with Silas after that. So we didn't don't hear much about Barnabas, but basically because he didn't take the historian with him. Yeah. <laughs> well, like my Christian philosophy has come to the point that we can agree to disagree without sure. being disagreeable, but we can still oh, yeah. love. Yeah, we can yeah. still love, yeah. and that's what we got to do. Because, yeah. Amen. Um, Amen. I, I've said this to where I, I've known that there was a, a church split. We don't like to use that term. We right. don't even like to think about it. And, and, and generally, on this show, I wouldn't even talk about something because like, we try to be so positive, but this is kind of the underbelly right. of, of the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. But I've told people, I said, look, it's just what you just said. It says, okay, you've got a disagreement here, but can you do what you're going to do, go two different ways, and say, I bless you, in the name of the Lord. Yep. But unfortunately, that's not what happens. No. And so what happens is that you'll get a, a new congregation that will start with bitterness in their heart. Yes. And that's not a good no. start. No. That's, that's not a good way to, to start a new work. Because I always say this, that if you've got bitterness in your heart, that you are disqualified for ministry. Mm -hmm. Because you can't yeah, serve you can't, the Lord. Right. right. Yeah. You can't serve the right. Lord with bitterness in your heart. Right. And, uh, so that's why I'm saying you've got to get through it. Yeah. Because we got a biblical mandate to encourage one another in the faith. And we right. can't let divisiveness and all this other kind of stuff separate us from that. Right. Encourage. Yeah. Love. Well, this is what you're talking about, staying true to the Scriptures. Yep. Because the Scriptures so much talk about forgiveness. And, and of course, uh, we, we, we rely on the, the mercy of Christ and His grace that He demonstrated to us on Calvary yep. Cross. As Absolutely. He Himself said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right. And it's true. You might have a disagreement with somebody over something. And and uh, he said, no, I, I just can't do that anymore. I can't be a part of that. But I love you. Yeah, right. And I'm not yeah. going to allow my heart to get caught up in this. My uh, my friend John Riley, one of my uh, 
famous evangelist friends that comes to the church once in a while. He's going to be with us this weekend in Tallahassee. But he always said, we uh, are commanded to love one another. Jesus said, love one another. And we got to do that as hard as it is, but we don't have to go fishing with them. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about your revival. Yeah. That's coming up. Starts when now? Uh, Friday the 16th at 7 o'clock. Okay. And uh, we're only doing it one night. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay. I think we might have a problem here. Let's see here. I'm looking at my calendar. That's going to be after the show airs. Yeah, after it airs. So so we're going to miss it. Yeah. Okay. And and you can't tell us about it. No. Because we're recording on Wednesday night. Or is it Tuesday night? I don't know. Tuesday. I don't know. It's uh, it's a nice night in the Lord. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it'll be recorded. They okay. can go to our website okay. uh, and listen to it. Or because he he doesn't preach long. Uh, John trained under Zig Ziglar. He's a Christian motivational speaker. He speaks all around the country. Some of the uh, top corporations in the country uh, having one staff just to come and encourage their people okay. and. His name is John Riley from John Abbeville, Riley. Alabama. Okay. And, and is he, uh, quote, an evangelist? Yes. And this is what he does full-time? That's what he does full-time. Been okay. doing it for almost 30-some-odd-plus years. Okay. Just traveling around well, for a love it, offering. It's a shame that we can't invite people to come because, like I said, the show's already going to be yeah. aired. Uh, do you plan to ever have him back? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the next time you'll have to let me know, and I'll, I will. And I'll announce I that will. for you to let people know that uh, – you got this revival yeah. going. Now, the interesting thing about revivals, yeah, that used to be a pretty common thing. People had revival. Most church had revival every Sunday. Kind of gone off the landscape somewhat. Mm. What do you think about these? Well, I think it's um, the term revival kind of lost its meaning. You know, it's it's a time for spiritual renewal. It's a time to come, and it's not necessarily corporate revival. It should be personal revival. Right. And uh, and it's good to take time to come and to uh, do something a little different, have a different kind of speaker or a different kind of Bible study or, you know, just think about where your love relationship is with Christ because it's got to be personal revival. Sure. Basically, we hope it's going to be revival. Yes. We we can't guarantee that it's going to be. So so basically, we're going to have some special meetings. Right. And we hope it turns into (laughs) revival. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And this is going to happen on Friday and September the 16th. This is Thursday and Friday. Just Friday, but we have a unique thing. Our sister church, Gray Memorial, here in Tallahassee, is going to have him on Saturday night and Sunday morning. And we're going to miss that, too. We're going to miss that, too. That's already going to happen, too. Yeah. And so he's come into the area for a while to to do these meetings. Right. And it goes different places. He's well-known in our area, a lot of different churches, primarily United Methodist churches. He's United Methodist, and I don't know why it turned out that way, but he used to speak a lot at our Methodist Men's Methodist Retreat in Leesburg. Okay. okay. And uh, so he, he's very well known among United Methodists. But uh, you being a uh, an older man yourself, and then you're pastoring a, a church that's been traditional for a country church, kind of in the country, you kind of have to do uh, unique things yes. to be able to meet the needs of that congregation. What are some of the things that, you, that you've done since you've been there? Well, one of the things, of course, COVID really put a kink in our style so yeah, to speak sure. um, we uh, we managed to go, 32304 zip code I don't know if many people know this it's the poorest zip code in the whole state of Florida 
Really? Yep. Wow. And there's a lot of ministry opportunities there. We have a lot of uh, biracial children, Hispanic children, children with broken homes and that whole area where we are. And uh, Travis Oaks, my music director, and his wife, uh, Tina Crowder Oaks, local business lady here in town, they had a heart for these kids, and they reached out and they started forming a youth ministry. The church bought us a van, and they would reach out in the community. They would go and pick them up Sunday morning in the van, bring them to church, feed them breakfast. Wow. They would come to, they called Big Church, yeah. and then after Big Church, they would have their own praise and worship time and ministry. Wow. Travis taught the kids how to play instruments, and they formed a little band called the Garage Band. Huh. Uh, and then when COVID hit, uh, it sort of broke the stride, so to right, speak. Right. We managed to stay in touch with a lot of them, but only four or five of them that we have constant contact with. Mm -hmm. We couldn't have a ministry at the church, even though the church was open and we were ministering with adults, but for some reason we couldn't get the kids to church. So we formed a partnership with Capital City Church of God here in town. They have a very active Wednesday night youth group some other churches minister with them also so we stay connected we pick them up in the church band we take them to capital city church of god and take them home and uh, minister to them through the week of facebook and personal interaction and it's a shame though that that happened wasn't yeah it? it is youth it is. ministry is so very very important yep. like that now do you have children's ministry in your church we do, but we don't. We have only like two or three okay. kids that come to church. Yeah. Um, we don't have Sunday school anymore. You know, Sunday school used to be a big deal, but not Sunday school, not so much anymore. But well, we need to pray for you the same prayer I've been praying over my church here lately because I was inspired through a book that I read. Somebody said, you need to do this. And that's a pray to the Lord of the harvest. Mm -hmm. He would send forth laborers to the harvest. Yes. Well, that's what the other thing is trying to rebuild it. Tina and Travis, there's only so much they can do. Uh, because we lost our volunteers, you know, uh, after COVID. Uh, oh, one see, lady yeah. moved to Arizona. Other, we just we just lost yeah. our volunteers. We're even to pay, willing to pay somebody part-time to come and help. Mm -hmm. And we can't even seem to get anybody. Well, I checked with the colleges. The call out here. We'll uh, put the call out. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Lord, hear our prayer. Yeah. If you're if you're out there and, and you're looking for a place to, to labor or yeah. service. Yeah. If you love if you love children and yeah. young young uh, teenagers and young adults. Wow. The Lord needs you at Bethel. Now, when I was younger and I talk about right after I got out of the Navy and I had an opportunity like that they'd be like sick them yeah. <laughs> I'd be jumping on yeah. that because I was jumping at the bit to go someplace and, and just serve when we thought well we got three colleges here in town yeah. and we put the word out there's certainly got to be a student that would love to have a part time job we just can't seem and then to we also have a Tallahassee Christian College yeah and the Christian yeah, yeah right yeah, with that, Joanne yeah I yeah. love that college well, that's a neat college she stepped down there has she yeah but it's still going and it's still out there and I've talked to them about some of those type yeah. of things too because a lot of their students are, are older adults right. who, who have kind of going there to train for kind of like you did to start later in, in life and ministry and things of that nature but uh, no I've been praying that every day in my prayers Lord 
I pray to the Lord of the harvest that you send forth laborers to the harvest. My little church, we, we're we're same situation. I need help. I need people who will come and help us in the area, youth and, and uh, children, all the things that a church needs. It's mm-hmm. vital to a church, mm-hmm. and uh, a pastor can only do so much. Well, that's right. Yeah, and it's it's not necessarily a denomination or anything like that. The cathedral, speaking of gospel music, used to sing a song. It's not what's over the door; it's what's in the heart. Amen. So it's not the name of a church. It's what's here in our heart because we take the church with us everywhere we go. Sure, sure. But to be able to uh, labor with a man like yourself who has an experience, you've been an experienced pastor for a long time, a lot of times it's an opportunity for a person who may have aspirations to go into the ministry exactly. to be able to work alongside somebody that has some experience yep. to help them to yep. be able to grow. Yep. And so it's a wonderful opportunity. Right. Now, you're talking about that the, the area that you see is the, the poorest. Three, three, two, three, oh, four, that's the go. west side of Tallahassee. Yep. How far does that go? Does that go over to Gaston County? Goes out to, um, oh, yeah, almost to Gaston County. Okay. Yeah. I, I would have never done Now, I know that the west side of Tallahassee is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I've, been, I've been out there. <laughs> it's the country uh, in the city. Yeah. It's the city part of the country. Right. The country but, part but of precious the people who yeah. need the Lord. Absolutely. And, and your church is the light that's there. There's some other great churches. Oh, Bible, absolutely. Bible, Bible yeah. Believers Church right. is out that way. And, yep. I, and we've been announcing for them on the, on the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. They've been having some special services, some sings and stuff. And I thought about well, they're, they're doing things to try to reach the community, to get the community to come well, into your church. That's the other thing that's kind of, COVID's kind of um, put a kink in the things is the uh, gospel sings. We're, yeah. we're now trying to get back on a fifth Sunday night gospel sing at the church. Sometimes we get a group. Sometimes we just sing. But you need to let come me know together. about I those will. things. Because, I, because on the Saturday night gospel sing, I announce gospel sing oh, only. Good. Oh, only. good. And if somebody's got some information for me, I'll make that announcement for you. Yeah. And that's an audience that likes southern gospel music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you may be just what you need there. Again, creative things. To, to let the community know that, hey, the church is here, right. and we're open to you coming. Because I often wonder what it's like to be somebody that you're outside of church, you haven't been in church for a while, and you wonder, what's going to happen when I walk in that door? Yep. And you want them to know that they're welcome. That's right. Yeah, and, and we do our very, very best not to... Uh, do anything but welcome them. We right. had a couple come to church Sunday, a mixed race marriage couple, uh-huh. you know, and you would think, oh, well, in our day and time, people, no, we just love them. Just love them. Just yeah. love just them. love them, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is that that's what Christ would have yeah. us to do, and that is the essence of the that's church. The whole, right. yeah, yeah. Right. So, that's what I like what Alveda King says, we bleed one blood. Amen. <laughs> so tell them again, how do you find the church? Okay. Uh, it's Bethel United Methodist Church. It's on Bethel Church Road. It's off of uh, 90. If you leave Tallahassee, come out Tennessee Street, cross over Capitol Circle like you're going to Midway. You get out there where the John Deere dealership is on the right. Uh, there's a little road called Marino Road. And the very next road to the left is Bethel Church Road. Okay. You turn on that road and you'll run right into the church. 
And the thing about it is, if you say, well, I don't know anybody there. Well, yes, you do. Yep. You've just met Pastor Ralph right. Uh, our best friend goes to church there. His name is Jesus. And if he's <laughs> my best friend, he's your best friend. Yeah, and yeah. there we are. We all going to be so friends. If you, if you go there you, and, you, and you walk through the door and yeah. say, well, I want to meet my friend, Pastor Ralph Wright. That too. I can handle and that. I guarantee you. He's a very friendly man. Yeah. He'll greet you. You know, the only thing is when, when uh, over my lifespan, when people first meet me, they don't like me. Oh, really? Yeah. But once they get to know me, they hate me. Well, I never. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. I, I don't remember ever not liking you. <laughs> I've known no. you for a few years. Yeah. So, well, anyway, there's your invitation yeah. to go and, and just enjoy and be a part of the family right. there. Beth, on the west side, if you're living on the west side of Tallahassee, that's a good place to it go. Is. It and, really and I'm is. sure they're going to make you feel welcome. And it might be a place where you can fit in and maybe you have some gifts or talents to offer. Exactly. To be able Thank to help you. minister yep. to the church yep. and the congregation there. And, and God will bless you. And you, you can be a, a blessing to the church. Yeah, because we all have different ministry gifts and right. graces and we need one another. Amen. That's what the body of Christ yeah. is all about. Paul talked about that an awful lot. Right. And the thing is, is that there's a lot of small churches that could use a little help, and my church included, yeah. with, with that. And so if you're looking for a place to labor, you got two choices. Either call me or call Brother Ralph. Yep, <laughs> there you one. go. And, and give them that website again before we go. Bethel, uh, Bethel, B-E-T-C, Bethel. U-M-C-T-L-H dot O-R-G. Okay, so it's Bethel. Bethel is spelled B-E-D-E-H. U-M-C-T-L-H, which is abbreviation for Tallahassee, dot O-R-G. Dot O-R-G. You can find it there. Yeah. And, and you go there. And, of course, I'm sure there's contact information if a way they can get a hold of you. Right. There. And the neat thing about the Internet now, when you put just Bethel U-M-C at the top, it'll drop down and you can find right. a lot of different places. And Bethel U-M-C-T-L-H dot okay. O-R-G is right Bethel there. Bethel United Methodist Church, Pastor Ralph Wrightstone is inviting you to come. Today. Today. Because there's still time. Yep. He started what time? It's 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Okay. Well, we always close the broadcast out with prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity just to talk about the kingdom of God. We pray for the thank Bethel you, Church. Jesus. Lord, we pray for Brother Wrightstone, Lord, his wife and his ministry. Lord, bless him, Father God. We pray over our city. We pray, God, for our country and your kingdom. And Lord God, we pray for peace around this world, and we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. Oh, hallelujah. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Brother Wright Stone, it's been great to have you on the show. God bless you. Thank amen. you for your love and your ministry. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.